Welcome to another episode of Mustang Owners Podcast. Today we're joined by Tom and Gail Wise. And some of you may know when I mention their name, you may already know who they are and their connection to the Mustang world. To those of you who are not familiar with Tom and Gail, there are over 50 links if you were to search their name online, including interviews from CBS to USA Today, along with the Chicago Papers, Motor Trend, um, they're really well documented and their story is pretty well known, but they've also, it's just always a pleasure to talk with them and just kind of share what's going on with them and their car. Um, and so that being said, I'm not going to, well, I guess I should probably tell you they bought the very first Mustang that was sold in, on April 15th, 1964. And the purchase was actually two days before Lee Iacocca actually introduced the Mustang to the world at the New York World's Fair. So, Gail, Tom, I hope you don't mind repeating the, the initial part of your story, how that came about and how you ended up with the uh, the car. But I guess we'll kind of set the table with that for a little bit, and then we'll get into some more uh, some more details. So tell us your story. Okay. Um, I was 22 years old when I bought my Mustang, and I had just graduated from Chicago Teachers College North, and I needed transportation to get to my new t- teaching job in the suburbs. I was living at home in Chicago with mom and dad. So mom, dad, mom, dad, and I went looking for a new car for me. And I told the salesman at Johnson Ford that I wanted a convertible. And he said, oh, I have none on the floor, but come in the back room with me. I have something special to show you. And under the tarp in the back room was a skylight blue Mustang convertible. And I was all excited because it was sporty and it had bucket seats and it went zoom, zoom. And I I was thrilled. <laughs> and the salesman said, oh, I'm really not supposed to sell it tonight because it's going to be unveiled on Friday, April 17th. And today is April 15th, 1964. But he did sell it to me that night for $3,447.50. And I was excited. So when I drove it out of the showroom, everybody was waving at me and giving me high fives and asking me to slow down so they could see this car. Uh, the Mustang had been shown on TV that it was coming, but they nobody actually saw the car. They, the advertisement just showed the pony, so to say, um, logo. But uh, so when it was very unusual for a new car to come out in April. So when I was driving it around, I was uh, felt like a movie star because of everybody looking at me. And then the next day when I drove it to school, all these 7th and 8th grade boys, they knew what a Mustang was about. And so they were hovering over this car. And it was uh, very exciting, very exciting. Well, let me ask this. What would have happened if the dealership called you that night or the next day and said, oops, we need you to bring that car back and leave it on display for a few days? What would you have done? Oh, <laughs> I doubt that I would have done it. I mean, there I would, you go. yes, I would have just stuck to driving it myself. Yes, 
It was exciting. Yeah. No, oh. I, I was very happy with the car. My beginning teacher salary was $5,000. And like I said, I paid $3,447.50. But I had mom and dad there with me to help me out. So that was a good thing, too. Sure. <laughs> well, as I read some of the interviews, I noticed that, of course, you did go. Your, your parents took you directly to a Ford dealership. So I'm going to assume your parents were, were in they were your dad especially probably was a Ford guy. Yes, yes. My dad, yeah, my dad had a 49 Ford convertible and then we had a 57 Ford convertible. So I was used to driving around in a convertible and that's why I wanted one too because I figured that that's what I wouldn't be willing to pay for. So why not? <laughs> and we went to that Ford dealer probably because my dad had bought something there. He bought a Thunderbird the year before, and maybe that's where, you know, he bought it. I, my parents are not around anymore, so I can't ask all some, you know, some of these direct questions, but that's what I'm assuming. Yes. Sure. Well, like you said, I'm, I'm assuming I, it was my assumption from there, too, just that you guys must be a Ford family. So that's great because it does go generations back, and that's what's kind of funny. Uh, my dad was a GM guy, but he actually found my Mustang for me that I bought. So sometimes oh. it, you, you never know. You just never know. Well, okay, you, you, the dealer, the, the, the salesman at the dealership takes you back. He's got this car covered. He pulls it up. What was the first word that came to you when you saw it? What was, what would you, if you use a certain, just a word was like, I mean, what I was. I probably said, I'll take it because it was so sporty and exciting. You know, the um, sport cars were always the foreign made ones. It wasn't like an American made one. And it was like uh, just the right size for me with the bucket seats and all. And, and the uh, transmission on the floor. So, uh, yeah, I, that's probably what I said. I'll just take it. <laughs> and I'm, I, I really love red is my favorite color. But when I saw this one, it just sparkled, and you know, I, I fell in love first sight. <laughs> so f- fair to say it was love at first sight. Correct. Yeah. And, yes, and, yes. No, and we otherwise we would have had a story about this lady who sat in the car for two more days until she could buy it if they didn't sell it to you that <laughs> night. So that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, that's that's the passion. That is the passion. Well, uh, obviously over the years, I know you uh, from the stories I read, you used it um, for as a family car. You had four kids. You'd go to McDonald's in it. Um, that was that was a family transportation, which was great. But of course, at some time, at some part, of course, you uh, you ended up parking the car a little bit, and I was just kind of and I understand, of course, it became you you parked the car. It became as I call it a shelving unit. Um, you put boxes on. <laughs> so what I, that's my wife called mine anyway when I do that. But I was just kind of curious, you know, what 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 motivated Tom to keep that car and say, you know, what I know this you know, the story is that it was going to be your retirement project. Uh, but what what motivated you? What really kind of drove you to to be uh, to be just focused on that idea of restoring it? Well, it was my retirement project. And uh, since it was a one owner, I knew that nobody had come in there and taken anything off of it as a spare part. So the car was complete. Uh, It was in pretty bad shape, but it was definitely a project. So plus I'm a, I'm a, I'm a car guy. And uh, like I said, if it's, if it's still in the family, I don't have to go hunting for one. So it was it was just basically ready made for me when I had the time to start it. So 
And, and I would complain, let's get rid of this because I kept, you know, you could see it was rusting away. And so, oh, no, that's my retirement project. So we built an addition onto our two-car garage so he could keep the Mustang. So we now have a three-car garage. <laughs> and so I knew he was determined to keep the car when I saw that. Yes. Well, that's that's excellent because, you know, God bless you for keeping part of history because I don't know if you, again, I don't, I don't know the dates of how all this kind of transpires, but it kind of leads me to that. If you have found out, I'm not sure what, what time or what year you found out that you actually had bought the first car ever sold, and you, you bought the first car that Ford sold, uh, Mustang-wise, that if you had not kept the car, you probably would not have looked at that paperwork to know that. That's correct. That's that, right. Yeah, that oh, is yeah. correct. Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't find out uh, until like uh, 2008, 2009 time frame. I was, uh, after the restoration, I was reading stories on the internet about Mustangs, and I ran across this story about a guy who claims that he had the first purchased Mustang, and he was in Illinois, not too far from us. So I went to see him, and uh, I said, well, you know, I got some paperwork that shows that we bought a car one day before you did. And that sort of burst his bubble. But uh, after that uh, initial piece of story there, uh, we contacted uh, uh, Haggerty Insurance, and they have a uh, a guy who researches a bunch of stuff like this, and we contacted Mustang Monthly, uh, the editor who also reaches, researches stuff like this, and uh, and then uh, they introduced us to uh, John Clore, and uh, everything sort of fell in place after that. They said, yeah, this is the first one. At least up until now, there's no earlier one, so we're hoping it stays that way. Well, uh, yeah, that's the one thing about the hobby. You know, it's always well, they're always finding cars and different things that, that, that pop up down the road. But I think by this time, I think it's probably pretty. You pretty well could bet that nothing's going to come up any sooner than uh, than your car. I mean, after all these years. But uh, into, so going back to 2008, when you were online looking at uh, other Mustang stories and such, had the car had been had it been restored? Were you done with the restoration by that time? Yes, uh, the restoration was completed in uh, 2008. The car was painted in 06, and then uh, after that, I started uh, figuring out who would do the interior and who would do the top and uh, uh, et cetera. So about late 2008, it was finished. Okay, so when did when did the media and the car world start knocking on your door, asking for your story, asking to see your car? How how much how much longer after that did you start to become uh, um, front page news in the Mustang world? It, w it wasn't too much long after no. that. I would say probably 2009 2010 framework. Right, right. Yeah, Donald Farr ran a story in the Mustang Monthly magazine and um, used our pictures, and that was the initial uh, you know <laughs> big show of our car, so to say, you know, pub publicity and. Um, we went to a Mustang show in Dearborn, Michigan, where um, the, once a year they have all Mustangs on display there. Everybody, a car show like that, that Mike Ray invited us to. And that's where we met um, Donald Farr and John Clore and Gail Halderman. 
Um, and it kind of took off after that, after that show, really. <laughs> we, we got a lot of invites to uh, come and take pictures of our car. <laughs> and and it was, yeah, it, it was a flurry of people because it was the time that was near the 50th anniversary of the Mustang. And um, we were invited to come up to Dearborn, Michigan by Ford. And they hauled the car up there for us. And they um, they invited us to come inside to you know be interviewed by TV TV people and then after that they said Gail uh, well I, he's not the president for but Mark Fields wants to meet you so we went up to the conference room and met Mark Fields and and Mark said Gail I want you to tell your story on stage today so we went into the auditorium and our Names were on our chairs, and next to me was uh, Mark Fields, and next to Tom was Edsel Ford. So we were <laughs> we were all excited. It all worked out fine. Yeah, we had a good time. <laughs> As you're telling your stories, I'm realizing how well you are able to talk about these things. I realize if you look in the audience and you take it that we're all just your children in a, in a school setting. No wonder you, you sound so you're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're able to come across very, very great. So, no, it's just it's very easily uh, done and such. So, I imagine I. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and like Tom said, I, uh, everybody in the audience was from Ford, so <laughs> they were they would laugh at my jokes, so to say. I mean, you know, at the right time. So I felt comfortable on stage, and I really hadn't been on stage since high school. But like I said, in front of a classroom. But plus, I, I have told the story so many times, so it wasn't like I w it was going to be a question answer thing that I wouldn't know, you know. So well. I was uh, comfortable up there, and Mark Fields made it easy too. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah, so how many, how many interviews do you think you and Tom have given? A hundred, two hundred, more over the over the car? <laughs> over I mean, the car? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, I don't know. But when we go to car shows themselves, we get a crowd. Oh, you know, I'm if we sure start talking about it, we do. I'm we sure get a crowd. And I know probably, like you said, there's at least fifty, seventy-five, maybe a hundred, you know, stories on the internet about us. I mean, it's the same story, but. You know, magazines or videos. It's uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Well, it's one of those cars that mean a lot to the hobby. Uh, it reminds me very much similar to the stories that you hear from Sean uh, Kernan regarding the bullet. Uh, you know, of oh, course, yeah. when the car oh, got yeah. found, everybody got excited. Yeah. You know, and he yeah. was just inundated. And yeah. the, poor, the poor, the poor guy. I shouldn't say poor guy, but the poor guy in the sense that you know he's a family man. He's got kids. He's got a life. You know, and it's just everybody wants a piece of that. You know, a piece of him to talk about the car. Um, and of course, then he. You know, ends up going around to, to lots of car shows uh, after Ford kind of introduced him back to the world. He was he was the you know he was the next hottest Mustang commodity, as it were, as far as part of the history and the car and sharing that. So I'm sure of the two people out there that you guys could probably could relate to each other the best in that regard. I'd have to say it'd probably be the two of you. And it must have been kind of neat in 2018 to have your car with the bullet at the Woodward Dream Cruise. So tell us a little about that oh yes that that was and uh, and they, our car was encased in plastic too so and like a freight car but you could see through it you know the car was up there like that but um yes we met the owners of the bullet and they were very nice people too and um it was uh yeah it was an exciting time and they had uh first 
Mustang off the line was there, and also the 50th anniversary, or the the 10 millionth Mustang, rather, was there, too, for display. So we were amongst the best, so to say, you know? And, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that was a really big thing, that dream cruise. Wow, we. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> incredible how many cars attend that. They're not all Mustangs, just, you know, the general population of lovers of antique cars. So it was a good time, yeah. yeah we, we, all, we always heard a lot about uh, the Woodward Avenue dream cruise, and uh, being there was uh, a, a, a real highlight for me. I didn't think it was that big of a thing, but it's huge. <laughs> it, 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 it is huge. It almost makes you think twice, though. Do I really want to take my cool Mustang out there with all these other cars? Because <laughs> there's just so many, and everybody's jockeying for position to be in the lane, to change lanes, or to change to get off oh. or such. So it's it yeah, is it's sure. hard it's hard to explain until you see it. And then yeah. some of the some of the cars you see, you kind of scratch your head. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> when, yeah, when we were up here this past August, we drove out in the cruise for a little bit just for just a little bit and here goes this mustang limousine convertible wow oh, <laughs> you know, oh my so, goodness yeah so you're kind of looking at this and so you're staring at him while you're driving which is not healthy because you know there are a lot of cars that stop and do different things oh, yeah, yeah so yeah, and the next good. thing i the next thing i know i hear a siren which kind of kind of startled me back to driving and these cars were actually driving down as you know there's that middle island that they have that separates north and southbound woodward yep. they're driving right. on the in that island to get to some okay. something that happened up ahead unless they had no other wow. choice but anyway oh but my it, goodness yeah but it is cool to go to to see something it is a bucket list um type of a piece and i'm sure to have your car on display um they don't do that for a lot of cars i'm talking about ford motor company they don't do that for a lot of cars and to have those cars there that's probably you you'd want to say is that's among the holy grail of cars uh of mustangs and such and so it was, it was great to see and, and to see you guys there for a few minutes i do get the impression though at the time you were a little tired and you've kind of like you know yeah it's fun to be here but uh it does kind of wear on you so when you were there during the week do, were you there all day Saturday so people could talk with you, take pictures. How many autographs do you sign? You know, we, we don't we don't really sign any autographs, but we had this little uh, five by seven postcard made up with was, with our picture and the story on the back, and then we sign the front in advance. So we just hand those out. So oh. uh, we went through hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah, we do. And we, I always say we give away a lot of smiles because so many people want to take our picture. Besides, it is handout, but they still, you know, want to take our picture. So, um, we, you know, we, that's no problem either. Yeah. Well, oh, back to the Ford uh, uh, Woodward Dream Cruise. Ford loaned us yeah. a, a new Mustang to drive for that weekend. Of course, we didn't go on the on the Woodward Drive, but we parked the car and sat and watched it. So. We drove from the hotel. Yeah, it was still good. I, if I drove that car every day, I'd get in trouble with it. Well, that's, that was actually one of my questions I wanted to ask you is like, what do you think of the newer Mustangs and you have, if you've had a chance to drive one? So sounds like Ford took care of that a little bit. So you were yeah. able to kind of get a little, because obviously the car is totally different from where, you know. Oh, it is. For sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Each sure. generation is different. But so yeah. um, ever thought about buying a new one? Well, if I bought a new one, I'd have to have the hot rod version. 
<laughs> not none of this mild stuff anymore. I got to make a lot of noise and make some tires squeal. Uh, <laughs> you are, yeah, well, that just conf- that just that just confirms. So, uh, Gail, are you going to let him get one? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I think uh, uh-oh, uh-oh. we enjoy driving our Mustang around town, and uh, uh, Tom put a. A horn on it that sounds like a, a horse running, you know, oh. goes, it makes a neighing sound and then sure. you hear the clip, 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 clip of the horse. And so we get a lot of looks besides, you know, just looking at the car. So, yeah, so we have, that's as far as we go, we're just driving around town here. We don't go too far anymore. No, no that was what, that was one of my last question I was going to ask you is if you do get it out and drive it a little bit, um, uh, just, just for, for the, for the sake of the drive, or do you take it to car shows that are local shows? or still still sounds like you're enjoying the car? Local shows. We do a lot of local shows. Our village has a a show once a month, and uh, the surrounding villages have, uh, you know, uh, gatherings like once a week. So, yeah, we get around. We, you know, we just like you. We weren't at any car shows for two years, so the first time was this, you know, summer again. So it was pretty exciting, and the big crowds that were out and about. Everybody wanted to be out, right? So, and a lot of cars, a lot of people, and uh, it was it was fun. Yeah, fun. Oh. One one other one another question though I I had I wanted to ask you is what do you think what did your kids think about all the attention that your car and yourselves get um, for being part of the hobby what what are your what are your kids thoughts on that Oh <laughs> they're, they're sort of nonchalant they uh, you know they just I don't I don't think it's a big deal with any one of them but uh, you know they they're they're happy to see that uh, the folks are getting some attention. Oh, yes, yes. I have to tell you a cute little story. My one granddaughter, uh, the one in one of her classes, the teacher said, does anybody know anybody famous? And she raises her hand, and she's 16 years old, and she said, my grandmother. And they went, what, your grandmother? And she said, sure. She, you know, bought the first Mustang, and she said, look them up online. So everybody has a computer now in school. Sure enough, there there we are, and there she is have, having her picture with us. So um, even the younger children enjoy telling people, you know, about us. And our kids do, too. They, they tell their, you know, friends. and But, yeah, they're not overburdened by it, but they enjoy telling the story, too. <laughs> okay. Well, they, so it sounds like they do to a degree that they do enjoy the car and the, and the fact that you guys are – famous um and part of the hobby so that that's neat because it is because of course the whole thing about mustang it is a lifestyle but it's also a family lifestyle and so as far as i wanted to ask just what the you know what the, what the kids and what the family thinks about the fact that you've got such a car because it's uh it's a it's one of the very first pieces of uh, mustang americana and so yeah. uh you know it's, it's it's great to be treasured and uh yeah. you know kept out there and, and the fact that you take it out and you should drive it and you show it uh at these shows is just that's that's what it should be about i mean that's and that's awesome so too often uh cars are you know they're, they're put away 
oh, they're too valuable. We don't want to share this. We don't want to do anything with this. And it's great to uh-huh. have the car actually out and about and such. And so that's uh, that's awesome. And that's just a tribute to you, though, uh, to the both of you to be able to share the car. Because um, Now, I do have a personal question. I, I don't know if this is even going to end up on the podcast, but I know what town you live in. And I'm not going to say it on the phone because I don't want you to get bugged by people. But you um, are you familiar with a little place called Max Place? Oh, the restaurant over yes. there on, oh, yeah. on Higgins yeah. and Cumberland? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we just live up the street there from about maybe a mile and a half. Well, yeah. when, yeah. The, when, the, when the Bulls were winning the championships in the early 90s, we were, we would have to stay at the hotel over in that area. And one oh. time oh, we, okay. we, we finally went over. We got tired of having food brought to us. And we walked over to, uh, I said, let's go to that little corner place. And we went to Max's place. And that has my favorite pancakes in the world. <laughs> so oh. it's, oh. a, it's a neat. <laughs> little it's just one of those little neat family diners you walk in yes. and all the all the all the servers and the cooks know all the all of their uh customers it's just a neat little place so i was just curious if you uh, if you might be familiar with it or if you've even tried it but uh oh, yeah. it's, it's yeah, a neat... every so often yeah, yeah. yeah every yeah yeah oh, cool. yes, See? yes. Small, oh, yeah. the, the other thing steve is that uh gail's parents had a place just like that they they yeah. had their made their whole living while Gail was growing up in a in a place like that. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, we all worked there. Yes, oh. yes. And, and like uh, Max, as they cooked the food in front of you, like yeah. the eggs and the bacon, oh, yeah. right? Yes, that's, oh, what, yeah. that's what we did, too. Oh, yes, yes. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's a, you know, at the time when, all, when we would go there, I lived in California. In California, we didn't have anything like that. So that's why I think it's, uh-huh. I was so, so uh, I enjoyed that so much because it, it's just hometown Americana. I keep using that word, but it's what it is. I mean, that's just you walk in and it was good food. They cooked right in front of you and yep. the server yeah. knew your name. And there were times when people walked in and they didn't say a word and they'd cook a meal for them. They already knew what they wanted. That's, right. So, yeah. that's right. Oh, yeah, that's so what we did. Yeah, yes. that was people, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. they have the same thing every day, you know, and they, we know how to drink their coffee, you know, and just put oh, that yeah. down. And oh, if yeah. somebody was sitting in their seat that they always sat in, they were very uncomfortable taking a different spot, yeah. location, you know. It's almost like that TV show Cheers where everybody, you know, Cheers yeah. where everybody yeah. knows your oh, yeah. name. And it's so, they yeah. just yeah. so oh, yeah. con- connects so that uh, such so no I, I just oh, yeah, I had yeah. I had to ask that because like I said that's if, you know if anytime I'm in Chicago I try to make sure I get I run over there just to get some breakfast and yeah. uh, oh good, it's good. A good place yeah you know, in fact it's kind of funny across the freeway in one of the bigger towers Wilson Sporting Goods was there and oh, we, yeah. we we did some projects with them and one morning we had oh. a breakfast meeting and I said well I'm going to be at Max they came over and they had been working there for years and did not know about Max and so oh, after no. that I think I think Max got new customers, and so that was that was kind of fun to share. So I used to, I used to work in that building. What you're saying, Wilson? But oh. there's two towers there, and I worked yeah. in the other tower in the 8600 building. Yes. So I and Wilson would have a special sale once a year where they discounted everything, and we would you know walk over there and get the, the specials like for Christmas presents or something like oh, a yeah. basketball and soccer, whatever they had. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know what you're talking about. No. Right. Right. No, yeah. Negro 
true. Small Me, world. Anita, it is. It is a small world. It is a small world, and and the car world makes it that much smaller. And yeah. I have and I have to thank you for your time because you've always been gracious. Um, every time I've seen you at a show, you always take a few moments and we chat for a little bit. Uh, and I, and I know oh, you yeah. don't do that. I know you don't do that just with me. I know that's that's just you know that's just your nature, and and we appreciate that. And we love the fact that you've shared the car with a hobby. Um, you know, some people right you now, like right now, the we you know everybody's question is like, well, where did the bullet go? Where did the bullet yeah. go? You know, where right. is it? Yeah, and 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 Sean has kind of indicated that they're 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 that it'll come out soon, but again, soon is a relative term. Uh, yeah. You know, it could be you know <laughs> ten years, and well, in the scope of life, that is soon, I guess. But so, yeah. but uh, the fact is that you share the car; people are aware of that. Uh, it, it just adds to the hobby because that's how Mustang folks are. They're they're always gracious, and so I appreciate yeah. the time. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you uh, spending yeah. some time with us. And uh, once we get the information firm and the date set, I'll send you an email, let you know when and where and what we're doing as far as uh, so you can listen to the podcast. And hopefully you want to listen to a few of the other podcasts we have and go sure. from there. Oh, sure. So, okay. But, uh, Sounds if, good, Steve. But if you ever find well, yourself in Charlotte. I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> one of these days we're going to take a trip down there. We have uh, – a few relatives in uh, Florida, so that would be on the way for us. We are on the way because I say, yep. if you ever find, if I ever find out you went through Charlotte and you don't stop by, mm. oh, we'll stop by for sure. <laughs> we'll stop by. Yeah, yeah. no, right. no, no. Well, we're curious too. Good, <laughs> so, good. Well, I appreciate your time. Like I said, I appreciate it, and thank you for your time. I, I was looking forward to this, um, and uh, I, I can't thank you enough. So I appreciate it. So we'll we'll talk soon. I'm sure we'll we'll see you at a show. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye.